This is KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzei Torah. Today's Monday, Erev Rosh Hashanah. And we have series on Mitzvot um, Shofar, Mitzvot of Rosh Hashanah. This is Ezra Beck. Last week we spoke about the connection between Tekiot and Berachot, between the Mitzvah of Belong the Shofar and the din of saying Malchiot Zichonot Shofarot and Rosh Hashanah. And one of the possibilities that I raised to explain the connection, to explain the the, uh, the conjunction of Tkiat Shofar Al Seder Brachot when we blow during Shmon was that the Shofar enhances the Brachot, which led us to the possibility, which I'd like to discuss this week. Um, at least it raised the possibility that in order to have shofar enhance bracha, then the shofar has to itself have some sort of a tefillah aspect. And that's what we're going to talk about this week. The Gemara on Daf Chavav Amud Bet brings the following machloket. In the Mishnah over there, it says, Shofar Shorosh Hashanah Shel Ya'el Pashut. The shofar of Rosh Hashanah is made from a, from a horn of an animal. So it says in the Mishnah, Ya'el Pashut. The word Pashut means straight. Imagine none of you have seen a straight shofar. The Mishnah says the shofar should be straight. And uh, this is in contradistinction to what it says later on in the Mishnah, Uba Ta'aniyot, on a Tanit, on a Tanit they would blow shofarot. It says in the Torah, Biyom, uh, whenever there's a eight tzara doing a tanit because of some tzara because of some trouble so you blow shofar out there it says b'shal taniyot b'shal zcharim kifufin the shofar of a tanit is bent shofar of Rosh Hashanah is straight that's what it says in the Mishnah the Gemara then brings a statement that says that the mitzvah of Rosh Hashanah is with a shofar kafuf. So, it's a different opinion. The says, is this a contradiction? And the says, no, no, no. There, are, there really are two opinions in the Tanaim as to whether or not on Rosh Hashanah shofar should be bent or should be straight. The Tanya Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Rosh Hashanah hayu tokim b'shal zcharim kifufin u'biyovlot b'shal ye'elim. Rabbi Yudah says, Rosh Hashanah, you blow with a bent shofar. And on the Yovel, Yom Kippur, the 50th year, there is the blowing of a shofar to, uh, as part of the uh, announcement of the freeing of the slaves on the 50th year. So, Yovlot, B'Shel Ye'elim, meaning, then you use a straight shofar. And and the other opinion says that no, uh, Rosh Hashanah was also was also straight. The Gemara asks, "B'may kamifliki?" What's the explanation of this machloket? It's surely not based on any psukim. The psukim never mentioned the shofar. So it says, "Yom Yelachem. We know that it's done with the shofar, but it's it's not mentioned. How do you know if it's a straight shofar or a bent shofar? So the Gemara gives pure logic, pure svara. Mar savar 
בראש השנה, כמה דקייף איניש דייטי תפי מעלי. One opinion says that on ראש השנה, the more that a person bends, the more that a person bows his, his mind, his, his spirit, the more bent, you might even say broken, the more bent your spirit is, the better it is. וביום הכיפורים קמה דפשט איניש דייטי תפי מעלי, ואז אני יום כיפה. Not on Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur of Yovel, feeding of the slaves. That, that a man's spirit is straight, erect, is better. So, but what's this Chatshon and Rosh Hashanah? The first opinion says that the more a person's spirit is, is bent, is bowed, is better for Rosh Hashanah. Umar Savar, Rosh Hashanah, Kama Depashit Inishdaitei Tfei Mali. The other one holds that that which a man's spirit on Rosh Hashanah is more straight, erect, upright, is better. Okay, so we, we see, point number one, that the Gemara says that the shofar is either bent or straight because of what you think of what a man's spirit should be. Now, the shofar represents a man's spirit. Now, wh- what is the logic behind the logic? Like, why is it better or worse for a person's Spirit on Rosh Hashanah to be either bent or straight. So Rashi, or before Rashi, I I would have said, I think it's an obvious explanation that he who says that a man's spirit should be bowed on Rosh Hashanah is thinking of the themes of supplication, pleading. Right? If you go and and beg God for your life, then you throw yourself at His feet. You don't march in proudly. Erect and say, today is Rosh Hashanah. You, you come on all fours. Your, your spirit should, I mentioned it before, you're, you're broken hearted with the weight of your sins, with the, with the, the amazing, awful experience of standing before the King of the Kings of Kings, the King of the Kings of Kings, on the day of judgment of the entire world. Who has the power to raise his head? Your, your, your neck is bowed before God. And the chauffeur is also. Whereas he who says, Kama, the Pashit in his he sees man in Rosh Hashanah as being erect. So what is he thinking about? He's not thinking about supplication, pleading, din, judgment. He's thinking about what, what theme of Rosh Hashanah is, is, is relevant, is appropriate. For man standing erect, upright before God and sounding a horn, sounding, saying something. Malchus, if this is the coronation day of God, a majestic ceremony, and we're the ones who are doing the coronating, then indeed we're not, uh, we're not broken in spirit. We're not mumbling to ourselves in humbleness. It is indeed a proud day in which we, not that we're the kings, chas v'shalom, but we're with, with pride and majesty and grandeur, we declare the kingship of God. In other words, Machlokat is, are you thinking mostly of Zichronot or mostly of Malchuyot? Not at all a strange Machlokat. In just this context that we just mentioned, a Mishnah that comes later in Rosh Hashanah, and indeed, we pass on like one of the day out there, but a Mishnah that comes later in Rosh Hashanah, which basically... Uh, uh, asks how you order 
where you put the Bechot, Malchot, Zichon, and Bashofot, relative to the standard seven Bechot of Rosh Hashanah, meaning the three first ones, the three last ones, important question, relative to Gdushat Tayom. So the Gemara Zeh, and the Flamid Bet Amadalif, it brings a Breita, a Machloket, Tanaim, as to whether or not Kedushat Hayom, the Bracha which is going to end Mikadesh Yisrael B'Yom HaZikaron. In other words, every Yontif and Shabbos has a Bracha which sums up the themes of the day. And it's called Kedushat Hayom, the day which is the, the holiness of this day. So on Shabbat, you have the different Brachot of Shabbat. And on Rosh Hashanah, or the Seyn HaChag, Tabachatanu, Mikol HaAmim, etc. And then you say, Mikadesh Yisrael V'Hazmanim. Rosh Hashanah, Mikadesh Yisrael V'Yom HaZikaron. So, there is one opinion in the Gemara that says that you say Gedushat Hayom with Malchiot. There's another opinion of Shem Megamliel says Im Hazichronot. For those of you who remember the Machzor by heart, what do we do? We do the first opinion, the opinion of Rebbe. Right after you say Hamelach Hakadosh, finish the first three Bachot. We have a bracha which indeed is a tabachatanu. In the middle of that comes malchiyot, and the chatima is melech al kol haaretz mikadesh yisrael v'yom hazikaron. But Rabbi Shimon Leil says that no, you would say malchiyot, then you would say zichronot and kedushat hayom, and then you would say shofarot. The obvious explanation is if kedushat hayom is the bracha that on every single holiday and Shabbat. It encapsulates the significance, the sanctity, the message, the meaning of this given day, then they're arguing as to, of the three brachot, Malchiyot, Zichonot, and Shofarot, which one is the most central? Rebbe says, Malchiyot, and therefore you say, Tushat Hayom with Malchiyot. And Rameshim Gamliel says, Zichonot. Rebbe says, the coronation, the majesty of God, is the major theme of Rosh Hashanah. And Zichonot comes along with that. Since God is today ascending His throne, it's also a good opportunity for Him to judge His subjects. Whereas Amshim says, the major theme of the day, the Kedushat Hayom, is Zichonot, meaning God's judgment, that we are remembered, we come before God, to not to be judged, and He, 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 he measures us, Zocher, Tazocher, Kolamifal, He measures every single thing, that's the major thing. And if there's a theme of majesty, that's a result of that. And therefore, that itself is, is part of the coronation, part of the ascension of the throne, of the throne of God. Now, of course, we pass in like, Rabbi. So if this explanation is correct, then our Machzorim and our Tfilot are based on the idea that majesty and, and royalty is the major theme of Rosh Hashanah. Uh, offhand, I would have said that the machloket we began with is whether or not a shofar should be bent or straight, meaning whether or not a person's heart, person's spirit, should be bent or straight in Rosh Hashanah, is relating to the same question. If the major theme, the most important thing you have to be, who are you in Rosh Hashanah? You're a, you're a, a defendant. You're, you're being judged. You're being weighed. Then indeed, your spirit should be bent and your shofar should be bent. But if the major theme of the day the most important thing you have to do today is to crown, to place the crown of glory on the head of God, then indeed you have to be erect and your shofar should be erect as well. If this was the correct explanation, then we contradict ourselves, which wouldn't be such a terrible thing because the themes of Hashanah are indeed complicated. But in the previous Machloket, Rebbe and Rav Shevin Gamliel, we pass like Rebbe, Kedushat with Malchiyot, 
But as you all know, in this machlokat, as to whether shofar should be straight or bent, and hence whether man's spirit should be straight or bent, we pass in bent, which is the, the way I put it, the zichronot, the zichronot uh, parallel. So if this explanation was correct, I don't think it's such a terrible thing. There would be a bit of a uh, of a contradiction between the shofar part of man. The shofar is primarily zichronot, whereas the Kedushat Hayom would be primarily Malchiyot. I don't think there would be such a terrible contradiction. It could be both. But if this was true, then basically I'd be saying that he who holds the Shofar as bent sees the Shofar as part of man's prayer. If the Shofar represents the spirit of man bent, it represents the supplication of man. So then Shofar, the sounding of the Shofar, is part of that pleading, pleading, supplicating, begging. The shofar is our calling out to God from a broken heart. But if the shofar is straight and man's spirit is straight and the shofar represents that aspect of man's spirit, coronation of God, that's not tefillah. I mean, you, it could be the words there when you, when you coronate the king. It says in, in Sefer Shmuel, so they call Yechi HaMelech or later on Yechi HaMelech David Le'olam. But it's not, it's not prayer. They're not praying to anybody. It's a declaration. That's why it's said with pride. And erect. So it would turn out that is shofar prayer, or is it sounding like the the horns of the trumpet before the president gets off the plane? So the band plays. It's not prayer. It's 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 announcement. Shofar can definitely be announcements in the midbar, as you remember, when the Jews were came time to move or to stop moving. So it was done with shofarot. We simply told them, fold up the camp or unfold the camp, get moving, like the bugle calls in the in the marines. That's not prayer. It's it's announcement. And if it's a bench shofar, then it would be prayer. However, Rashi explicitly denies this distinction. And Rashi explains the two deot in the Gemara as to whether or not a bent spirit or an erect spirit is better. He explains them both as being tefillah. Rashi says, the Kayif Inish, a man should, his, his mentality, his spirit should be bent. Rashi says, bit tefilato. It's better for a man's spirit to be bent, bit tefilato, when he prays. Panav kvushim la'aretz. It's not just a metaphoric, Rashi says, it's, it's literal. A person should bend himself. Could be Rashi, even have the word da'ate. In the Gemara it says, the Pashit, in, uh, the, kav, the Kayif Inish da'ate. Person bends his, the word da'at, he means spirit. In Rashi, it says, the kayef inish, bitfilato, panav kfushim la'aretz. When you pray, you look down, you, you're bent. You don't daven, Rashi claims, erect, with pride, looking up. But panav kfushim la'aretz, his face is pressed to the ground. Tfei adif, it's better that way. Why? Mishum, he quotes pasuk in Rachim, my uh, heart, my eyes, and my heart are there, meaning in the ground, in the ground of Eretz Yisrael. Hilkach Barosh Hashanah. Since it's better to daven that way, therefore Rosh Hashanah, Dilit Fila, Shofar is for Tefila. Ulaskira Kedat Yitzchak, Ba Veinan Kfufin. That's why you have to have a bench Shofar Rosh Hashanah. So that uh, that was obvious. That that I said also. But in the next opinion, Kamad the Pashit, 
Tveyadiv. The other opinion that says it's better for man to be erect, straight than Rosh Hashanah. Rashi says the reason is because Mishum Nisaliv Aveinu El Kapayim. He quotes the pasuk in Eicha. Nisaliv Aveinu El Kapayim El Kel Bashamayim. Hilkach Barosh Hashanah Bipshutin. Therefore, the shofar is also straight. The litfilah for it's also for it's for tefillah. In other words, it turns out that there are two miles of tefillah. There's one tefillah where you're broken, your face is pressed to the ground. But then we have this pasuk in Eicha, which is also talking about tefillah and supplicating. But when you supplicate, that the picture is a person perhaps sitting on the ground or low down and stretching out his arms to God, looking up, his eyes cast upward in yearning, in prayer. We, we lift up our hearts onto our hands. Those, your hands are stretched up and you're, you're putting your heart, your soul up into your hands, throwing it up to God. And Rashi says explicitly, also should be straight. Turns out there are two models of tefillah. And that's the machloket as the shofar. Is the tefillah of Rosh Hashanah bent tefillah, broken tefillah, or, or um, beseeching tefillah? Stretching our arms out to God. Rashi here is applying a gemara that's found in Yevamot, Daf Kufhei Amud Bet. Rather surprisingly, you'd expect it to be in Brachot. There's a basic machloket in Yevamot about prayer in general. And as will be immediately clear when I quote the Gemara, Rashi is in fact quoting that Gemara in his explanation of our Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. The Gemara in Yevamot says, um, Rabbi Chia Rabbi Shimon Barabi Havu Yatvi Peta Chad Minayu. Rabbi Chia and Rabbi Shimon, the son of Rabbi Yudanasi, were uh, sitting in the doorway of one of their houses. Havayatvi uh, Petach, they were sitting in the doorway. Chad Minayu, one of them said, Hamitpalel Tzarich Shitein Einav Lemata. There's a machloket where your eyes should be when you daven, where you should be looking. And one said, when you daven, your eyes should be down, facing the ground. Recognize it? The Rashi by us said, what does it mean, kafuf? What does it mean, kafuf? Panav kivushim la'aretz. Mishum vayu einai vilibi sham kol hayamim. Your face pressed to the ground. The Gemara just says, his eyes should be down. Vayu einai vilibi sham kol hayamim. V'chad, the other one said, einav lamala, shenemar, nisa levaveinu el kapayim. So these psukim which Rashi quoted, they weren't in the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. Rashi quoted the pasuk, Vayu libiv einai sham, and the pasuk, Nisalavainu el kapayim, are the two psukim quoted in the Gemara in Yavamot about machloket, whether you should look up or look down when you daven. Once again, we paskin, halacha lemaisa, that one should look down. It's the end of the story there. Uh, Rabbi Yishma Rabbi Yossi came and he said to them, they told him their, 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 their argument and he said to them, he passed for them, Kach Amar Abba mitpalel tzarik shitein enav lamata velibol lamala k'day shitkaymu shtei amikrot halano. He said, your eyes should be down, your heart up. There's a very, there's a natural tendency people to look up when they die because they think they're looking towards God. So the Allah is, your eyes should be down in, in modesty, in, in fear almost, not to be looking 
directly at God in the eyes when you when you beg for your lives. So Rashi has taken this Kemon Yavamot, which is about davening, and applied it to uh, to Shofar. And it could be that's the reason why Rashi left out the word Da'ate and spoke about that a person faces up or faces down when he davens, because in fact, Rabbi Shemel says that your heart should be up and your eyes should be down. So the Shofar, according to Rashi, is physical. It's the way our bodies are bent before God. So to the Shofar is also bent before God. But even according to Rashi, the distinction I made before is whether Shofar is tefillah or, or announcement, declaration, is incorrect. According to Rashi, it's definitely tefillah. There's, there are two models of tefillah. There is erect tefillah, which is not done in pride, but erect meaning stretching out to God, trying to lift yourself. Tefillah as a way of becoming close to God. And there is tefillah where you crumble before God, where you withdraw in shame, in, in, in humility, in broken spiritness. And that Machloket in general about tefillah the whole year is in fact reflected in tefillah Rosh Hashanah and the Shofar of Rosh Hashanah. So, this is the clearest uh, source for the connection between Shofar and tefillah. That Shofar is itself. Uh, what does this really mean? If the Shofar should reflect the way our spirit should be when we daven, then what you're saying is that the Shofar itself is davening. The sound of the Shofar is a kind of tefillah in and of itself. Of course, if this is true, you'll say, what is the content of it? And the answer, I think, is, is, is a dual answer. The first answer is, its content is unverbal. Those are some things that you can't put into words. It's a, it's a, it's a mute cry. You have arguments, you speak to God, you say, please, you give them reasons why you should be forgiven. We have a lot of tefillah in Rosh Hashanah. There's no, there's no shortage, but at some point, the, the inner cry of a tormented soul is not expressed in words, it's expressed in sound. It's a tefillat hanishama. Bina hagigi. God, don't listen to my words, but understand hagionli be, understand the, the utterances of my heart. The utterances of my heart cannot be put into words. And that's the shofar. That's one answer. Second answer, not a different answer. The continuation is, and there are a lot of contents too, to shofar. It means all the things which we're going to Say in Malchiot Zichronot. And Shofot, as I said last week, the Shofar accompanies the Tefillah, or the Tefillah accompanies the Shofar, it doesn't make a difference now. But the point is, these, these three Brachot are the content of the Shofar. So my first answer is also true, and more. We prefer not saying it in words, we prefer just pouring it out. But we also say it in words, either to explain to ourselves as best we can what it is we are sounding, or to have the sound add an added measure to the words which we have already have already said. So, but if shofar is itself tefillah, then it can combine with tefillah, explicit tefillah. And that's how you get tkiyot al-seyder shofarot. Uh, the Vavzal brought a proof, an extreme proof to this idea, based on, I'm not going to go into all the details now, but based on a shita vashi, where in the, uh, the Gemara talks about someone who blows a tkiah after the shvarim, and then blows it twice as long. In other words, he, he, it, he wants it to count as the last tkiah of this line. Tkiah, shvarim, tkiah. And then he continues blowing so as to have the first tkiah of the next line. But he didn't make any, any separation 
between number three sound, end of line, and number one sound, beginning of the next line. The Rashi says it's talking about a case where the first line belonged to Malchut and the second line belonged to, Sh- belonged to Zichronot. So the Rabbi asks, how could that be? I mean, it's, they're, they're, they're ten minutes apart. You have to say the Zichronot in between. It's just it's physically impossible for a person to blow a last Tkiyah of Malchiyot and continue blowing the first Tkiyah of Zichronot. And therefore, he says, apparently it means that, no, he wasn't saying the Bachot. But automatically, there is a Tkiyah of Malchiyot and there's a Tkiyah of Zichronot, meaning it's the internal content of the Tkiyah, from which he proves that Tkiyot have internal contents. It has Seder Bachot. The Bachot are part of the Tkiyot, even if you haven't said it. But that's what its, its true inner meaning is, because the tkiot are, in fact, in fact, shofarot. Are, 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 in fact, tfilot, are, in fact, bachot. Based on this, the love had a, a fairly amazing chumrah. Um, if tkiyah is tfilah, the Rambam paskins, that uh, tfilah, without kavanah, is worthless. As should really be obvious. A certain measure of kavanah, of intent, is essential for tefillah, as opposed to other mitzvot. Generally, generally we pass in tefillah, uh, mitzvot ain't suchot kavanah. If a person eats matzah on Pesach, and doesn't, the chaven, he doesn't have explicit intent to fulfill a mitzvah, he still has to fulfill the mitzvah. God said to eat, and you have eaten. Obviously, it's not the right way to do it, but you're yotzeh. And therefore, the same should be true of Shofar as well. And in fact, it is true of Shofar as well. The Gemara, we pass again, based on the Gemara, it was Rosh Hashanah, and you got up, and you started to blow some tunes. The tunes happened to be Tkiyah, Shvarim, and Tkiyah. You're not Machaven. You don't have intent for the Mitzvah of Shofar, but you're simply making pretty sounds. Yatzah, to fulfill the Mitzvah. But the Rav said, but if Shofar has to be Tfilah, then how can you have Tfilah without Kavanah? At the Rambam Paskins in the beginning of the Chot Tfilah, it's the first of Chaim, for those of you who are familiar, in Kudusheh of Chaim, on the Rambam, how can you have Tfilah below Chavana? Based on this question, I'm not going to talk about the answer to the question, but one of the things the Rambam said in discussing the answer to this question was that perhaps the basic mitzvah of Shofar Yoyotze without Kavana, as we pointed out, there is a Shofar without Bachot. If you don't say Bachot, Shofar is still the Oraita. What we do, Kiyot Miyushav, the Kiyot we blow after Kriyat Torah without any connection to Shemoneshe. But there's another Kiyuv called Kiyot Al Seide Brachot, as we spoke about last week. So the Rav suggested that perhaps, Yoyot say, basically, when the, when the Gemara says Yatsa, Hatokeh Lashir Yatsa, Yoyot say the basic Kiyuv of Kiyot Shofar. But the additional fulfillment, the additional Kiyuv of Kiyot Al Seide Brachot, you can't just blow while we're davening, in the middle of Shemon You have to blow as part of Shemon because that's the nature of those tkiot. Those tkiot are tkiot shal tefillah. And there you will have to have kavanah, to be yotzeh, kavanah that it should be a tefillah, kavanah that you're blowing before God. Whatever the kavanah of tefillah is, you need that kavanah for this tkiah as well. And it would not be enough to have beli kavanah hatokeya hatokeya l'shir. One final point, which I believe the Rav mentioned as well. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah and Daf Chavav, Daf Chavav Amud Aleph, has a very, uh, a very powerful, a very, very intriguing statement. 
the uh, the Gemara there says that all all, all shofarot akshirot, meaning all different kinds of horns, uh, hollow horns. There are two kinds of biologically. There are two kinds of horns. There are antlers and there are horns. So all, all the horns which have uh, have soft marrow fillings doesn't make a difference which animal it comes from would be kosher for a shofar. Except for that of a cow. Chutz Michel Para. And the Gemara tries to figure out why. What, uh, what's wrong with it? The Gemara says that the reason is She'en kategor na'asa sanegor. Regular Kohen had four begadim, or white, simple, made from white uh, linen. Kohen Gadol had eight begadim, including gold. They're called Big Day Zahav. Because he's a Kohen Gadol, he's much fancier. But whenever on Yom Kippur, when he goes into the Kotreya Kodashim, he doesn't wear Big Day Zahav, he wears Big, big Day Lavan. Yeah, for that Yom Kippurim, which we will say in another week or so. So the Kohen Gadol switches Begadim, back and forth, and has to be Tovel B'mikveh B'tamidazin, and wash his hands and his feet, before and after. Because Bifnim, he wears Big Day Lavan. Achutz, outside the Kodesh Kodashim, he wears Big Day Zahav. Why can't he wear Big Day Zahav Bifnim? She'en kategor na'asasanegor. Big Day Zahav represent or remind God, remind us of the Egel HaZahav. And that's Kategor, that's the prosecution of the Jews. That's, that's, um, that automatically is a complaint against the Jewish people. You can't be Mechaper of Bnei Yisrael, the Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippurim is coming to, to, to atone for the Jews. He, he the defense cannot dress like the prosecution. So they're going to ask certain questions. Uh, there are uh, there are cows. Much more reminiscent of the eagle as a hub would be a cow, not just the gold. There are cows which are what is covered, etc. Gemara finally says, "Top bifnim." There are avodot in, in, in the Beit Hamikdash, but bifnim kodesh kodashim. Right before God, there you have to be marked not to remember the Egel HaZahav. So the Gemara says, so why, what about Shofar? So why, you, why do you disqualify? Keren Para, the Shofar of a cow. It's not Bifnim. You're not blowing in the Kachim Kachim. You're blowing in Shul. Shofar Nami Bibachutsu. Says the Gemara, Kevan de lezikaron hu, since it's lezikaron, kibifnim dami. That's like bifnim, that's like lifnai vilifnim, that's like the kachay kachim. Doesn't make any sense. Because it's a zikaron, therefore it's lifnim. Rashi says, Shofar nami afagab de let be mishum chotei bar yakriv, ve let be mishum chotei bar yitnae, Kevan de lezikaron kaati, it's fine, just quotes. Since it's a zikaron. But I said the word zikaron here means, as we said in the very beginning of this year, zikaron is the pleading, it's the 
beseeching before God. Since the Shofar is also Tefillah, and Tefillah is always Lifnei HaShchinah, as the Rambam Paskans in Ochot Tefillah, when a person davens, he should imagine himself as standing directly before the Shchinah. That's the, the wonder, the grandeur, the amazing fact of Tefillah of a Jew, is that he prays directly before God. It's a private audience in the throne room of God. So when you daven, you're before God. Since Shofar is itself davening, the Rav said, therefore it's kilifnai vilifnim. It's in direct presence of God. It's like the Kodesh of Kodeshim. And we say, ein sanegor, ein katigon asesanegor, and that's the explanation for the disqualification, apparently the oraid of disqualification, of para, although all other Shofarot are kasher. Just mentioning Allah Chalamaisa, the Gemara says, the best Shofar though is the Shofar Shal Ayil, that of the Ram, because it reminds, it, it, it signifies Elo Shel Yitzchak, the Akedah story, where an Ayo was sacrificed in place of Yitzchak. And if Allah Chalamaisa, what all Shofarot really are, are Shofarot Shel, shel Ayil, uh, to remember the Akedah. Uh, but I'll be doing it, you'll be kosher with other kinds of Shofarot and other kinds of animals as well, except for that of a cow. Shitahi, Shofarotainu, Tchiyotainu, Lezikaron, that they should be Shomea, Tchiat Amo Yisrael, Shomea, Tefilat Amo Yisrael. God should hear our prayers, God should hear our Tchiyot, I wish everybody a Ketiva, Va Chatima Tova, Lishana Tova, Lechayim, Ulishalom, Lealter, Lechayim, Lechem, Lemishpochotechem, Ulechol, Beit Yisrael, Shana Tova. Next week there'll be a Shir on Yom Kippur. Instead of Anosh Hashanah. And in the meantime, you've been listening to KMTT Kimitzion Tetzay Torah. Udavar Hashem Mi Ushalayim. Kol Tuv Bishana Torah.